Welcome to Real Purpose with Pastor Bob Lamb. God has a real purpose for each of us here in this life. It begins first with an intentional desire to have a relationship with Jesus Christ who wants you to connect with Him. We appreciate you listening today and pray that you will join us next week for Real Purpose. Hey, welcome to Real Purpose. This is Pastor Bob Lenz, Senior Pastor of New Rock Wesleyan Church right here in Loganville, Georgia. What does it look like when your purpose and your passion collide with God's plan for your life? In the Bible in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and to hope. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Get connected. Stay connected. Hey, this is Bob Lance, Senior Pastor of New Rock Western Church right here in Loganville, Georgia. Hey, do I really have to go to church to connect with God? That, that's today's episode. That's the question we're going to be trying to answer. Do I really have to go to church to connect with God? Because remember, this is about getting connected and staying connected. Today, my special guest is my wife and best friend, Sandy, who serves as an assistant pastor here at New Rock Wesleyan Church in her pastoral position of New Rock Children's Pastor, Health Connect, Women's Discipleship, and she preaches the Word of God frequently with passion and great articulation. So today's questions are going to be, one, why is it important that I attend church? Do I really have to go to church to connect with God? What does the Bible say about attending church? How do I choose a church to attend? Aren't churches all the same? Is it important that the church I attend fill my needs? Is what I wear to church important to God? Are pews versus chairs important to God? Does God favor one style of worship music over another? So I'm going to turn it over to Sandy and I'll introduce her again as my wife and my best friend and the assistant pastor here at New Rock. So Sandy, why don't you introduce yourself and tell the people who you are and maybe a little about your testimony and how did you find your purpose and passion with God? Well, my name is Sandy Lenz. I'm married to um, Pastor Bob here, and um, I'm a ministerial student, two classes away from commissioning in the Wesleyan Church, and um, I've been saved since I was eight years old, and um, God has uh, been with me and, and guided me and directed me and matured me um, and continues to do that. Uh, I can't imagine doing anything else with my life but serving Him. How did you connect with God? Initially, when I accepted Jesus at a backyard Bible uh, school that I was going with a friend of mine, you know, I could feel him. I, I could feel his presence in my life, um, like his hand placed on my head, even from that young age. And even though I have gone off the path in my life several times, he always brings me right back. Um, I connect with him. He, he's really my best friend, and he's with me all the time. I talk to him about everything. Um, you know, it's it, you call it prayer. I call it just talking to my best friend, and, and um, it's like I—he's—he's he's just always right next to me. So, how old were you when you connected with God? I was eight years old when I um, raised my hand, and said yes, I want Jesus in my heart. I want to be born again. Well, me, I was forty-three years old. So, quite a, quite a different spectrum of uh, of how God works, and also the idea that God—it's never too late. God is always on time, and He's never late. So what is your opinion of, uh, what does the Bible say, and what, what is your opinion about why do people need to go to church, and do they have to go to church to connect with God? And then maybe discuss a little about how you stay connected with God. Well, in Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, it says, So Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service 
so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And so for me, I see church as the place that we go to be, like Bob, my husband always says, it's a spiritual fitness center. Uh, you know, we come to church to be edified and built up and, and also um, to face our, our sins and, and things that we need to deal with and, and, and to build relationship with other Christians and, and God works through that. Um, God is a relational God and um, as we get to know other Christians and um, sometimes, you know, it's a bumpy road, you know, but we learn through all that. So church is extremely important to me. It's, it's, you know, God said he places us in families. And if we're out there all by ourselves, isolated, uh, we're not, we're not going to get what we need to grow in Christ. The corporate worship uh, of the Holy Spirit is so beautiful. And, you know, I, I see it as this is a place I go weekly to get all the dirt of the world cle- cleaned out of me and get ready for the next week, ready to go. And it has nothing to do with, you know, this is the only place I can connect with God because I, I connect with God 24-7 wherever I'm at all the time we're talking. But it is a place that I come to be with other Christians and to be filled and to learn. Um, the Bible says that God's people perish for lack of lack of knowledge. You know, we have to be taught. We have to learn the things of the Lord and to mature. And this is the place that God uses to do that. And also, really, when we start to give it away and teach others and and mentor others is when we really start to grow and own it and church is that place where you know we disciple we're discipled then we turn around and we disciple and we have generations of disciplers so church to me i've been going to church even when i had to walk as a kid i would go to church it's my favorite place in the whole world to me it's a safe place it's always been the place that i i i feel the safest and and the most loved and um i can't even really tell you everything that that I have found in church since I was a kid um, to get to me to this point of maturity. So what would you say to somebody that's listening right now that believes that they don't have to go to church and maybe they're on the fence, maybe maybe they're not over a totally sold out yet to a relationship with Christ. Right now, I believe that people see the church as a threat. They don't want to go to church. They think everybody wants their money. And we know that's not true. So what what would you recommend to people? What would you suggest to them? Well, I'm looking at Hebrews 10, 24, and it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, I know there are a lot of abuses that happen in church because, you know, there's religion is all man-made. And so people have been injured in church. They've been injured by church people, and so they want no more of that. But I'm here to tell you that that's not all churches. Um, there's church. You need to find a church that really is Holy Spirit driven. That's not about religion. It's about relationship. And I'm telling you that you will find the greatest love that you've ever experienced uh, being in that family of, of Christians. Um, just like the Trinity is a relationship. So is the church. So is the people of the church. It really can add a dimension of to your life of love and support in ways that you can never imagine. So if you've had a bad experience with church or you've heard of bad experiences with church, and, and certainly, um, you know, we look at uh, pastors that are on TV and different abuses there and misuses, and it's easy to point at that and say, you know, that's why all churches are bad. But, you know, if you have your eyes on man, you, you're not gonna find God. You, you, have to, you have to put your eyes on God. 
and 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 God is real and God loves you and and wants to take care of you and mature you and there are Christians that have that same heart so I would say don't give up don't let some group of people um, that are not following God uh, deter you from finding everything you ever needed and wanted because you know God created us with five basic human needs significance security innocence intimacy and purpose and hope and I believe all of those things are found in Christ fully and, and satisfactorily, completely satisfied. You can't, you won't find that in the world no matter where you go. And you, can't, you cannot let the enemy deter you from going to a place where you will find that because of, because of evil, because of things that people have done that are evil, because this world is full of evil. Even in the church, there are churches that are, are not God-driven. That's all there is to it. I mean, so I would say don't give up. You know, begin to pray. Uh, there's a way to contact Bob here. You know, he can help you find a church um, because that'll be the greatest thing that you ever do besides finding Christ is finding a, a body of believers that will spur you on and, and, and help you in your spiritual growth to maturity. And that's really important. You could email me and I will send you, uh, you tell me what you can give me your location, where you're at, and I'll send you a list of possible churches because what Sandy just did, she really did answer that question. Aren't all churches the same? Of course they're not. Uh, I don't know two grocery stores that are exactly the same. I mean, you can go to a Walmart here in Walmart in California, and it may be just a little bit different. So not all churches are the same. And that also answers the questions: What do you, what do you look what do you look for when you're searching for a church? You really are searching for the things that Sandy just talked about. You know, you want to go to a church that's love. You know, everybody's got this wonderful. You know, they'll say, "I got a great greeters ministry. I got a great children's ministry." But it's why you want to go to that church. You know, you got to be able to answer that question. So let me give you some scriptures. You know, I, I looked at the Bible and I was thinking right from the beginning, it's amazing in Genesis 2.18, God says right in that scripture, it is not good for man to be alone. And then I just, I skipped down, I looked in Acts 2.42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And then in Acts 2.46, it says every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together and with glad and sincere hearts. And then in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as Sandy shared earlier. And 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 20, it says, Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And uh, so, you know, I always look to the scriptures to answer some of these questions that I have because people will tell me, I don't need to have a relationship with a church. I don't need to go to church to, to believe in God. You're right. You don't. But the Bible's telling us that, you know what, under the new covenant, the new Testament, that it's corporate, it's plural. It means it's a we, it's together. And how do you miss, you miss out on these blessings that we, we, we gain when we do worship together. And it's amazing because I've experienced the most powerful moments in church when we pray together. But that doesn't mean every church that you're going to choose is going to have that. So you're going to have to take your time. You're going to have to pray. Ask people that are attending church. You know, go try out. I always tell people, hey, if you want to come to New Rock, just come out and check us out. But pray about it and see if this is where God wants you to be. So as we go through here and just want to answer a couple more questions, uh, again, you know, is it important? So Sandy, tell me about your opinion. You know, here's a couple questions. Is what I wear to church important to God? And are pews versus chairs important to God? Again, you know, man-made religion has put expectations on us that we believe comes from God, and it, and I don't, I don't believe that God cares what you wear to church. I have been to a church where the pastor wore shorts and flip-flops. I'm from San Diego, 
and he was one of the most powerful pastors I'd ever met. And he could reach people uh, because he wasn't trying to be this, you know, churchy guy. And then I've been to churches where he has a, a, a suit and tie, and it's totally appropriate because the people there, uh, you know, their expectation is of that, and that's what they they are able to receive from him. So. I personally don't believe that um, it, that it has anything to do with a person's heart, and that's all that matters is is a person's heart towards Christ, their humbleness, their ability to let God speak through them and love through them, and um, the outer garments really have nothing to do with that, um, unless you know it's someone that's trying to use their outer garments for attention. I mean, you know, there are certainly um, boundaries, but I, I think that whatever you feel comfortable in and whatever your the congregation feels comfortable in, I think God is happy with. Amen. Uh, and pews, I mean, I, I, you have to look look at Jesus. Uh, they didn't have pews. They didn't have chairs. They sat in mountains 5,000 at a time listening to him. I don't, I, again, I don't, in fact, I think having church outside would be the most powerful thing we could yeah. ever do. Uh, the people around us driving down the street could hear us. Um, you know, we're looking at the nature that, that God created and all his artistry and listening to the birds that are singing to him. So, you know, as far as a building, it's just bricks and sticks, like my husband says constantly. It has nothing to do with anything. Um, the holiness comes in with us. It, we, we are made holy because he is holy, and we bring the Holy Spirit with us. So where you sit how you sit i i you know in my sunday school room my kids sit on beanbags you know and they have they they love it i i just i think when we get so uh concentrated on stuff like that we're taking our focus off what's really important and that is changing hearts and um letting helping others see themselves as christ sees them which is absolutely adored and and loved and so when we start to focus on the outer things and and um things like that we lose we lose that you know, I remember quite clearly one time when I, I changed out the, the the pews for chairs, and I can remember watching someone stand up in the service, and I remember looking around, and, they, and, and he said, well, there goes the church. The pews are gone. And I thought to myself, what does that have to do with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? I could not believe that someone would put that much priority on pews versus chairs. God, Jesus never did that. Jesus never had, hey, he never looked at his apostles and said, hey, go go gather up in a, you know, 5,000 chairs and let's build some pews. He never, he never did any of that. Does God favor one style of worship music over another? Again, there's an expectation that, that people have set up. But I, I, again, I go back to the heart. If you're, yeah. I don't care what song you're singing as long as you're, you're connecting. You know, when I'm worshiping God, I'm not even in the room, really. I'm with him. You know, I'm, we're dancing. He's dancing with me and 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 picking me up, and and we're we're together, and I'm worshiping him and uh, and loving him. And so, I mean, the music, to be honest, is not is not what I'm focused on. I'm singing it, but I'm really focused on him. So there again, um, and churches. This is this is an issue that divides churches. I can't even describe to you how bad. This sect wants hymns all the time. This sect wants contemporary, and it divides the church. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's ugly because really, if your heart is really only wanting to connect with him and to worship, really worship him, you're not going to get all hung up on that kind of stuff. You know, you're, you're just, and, and also I think we have to be open to new music because we're trying to reach other people. Yep. You know, it's not my church. It's not about me. It's, it's about people coming in that are getting saved, that are, that are listening, that are, I mean, if they can't connect with the music because it has to be my way, I'm sinning. I mean, really, because that's a selfish way to be. And that's not 
that has nothing to do with the way God wants us to act. Nothing. It's it's the opposite of how He wants us to act. I would right. I would gladly give up, you know, the kind of music I like if I thought that this other music would reach these these young people or these new people. It, it would be I, I'd be thrilled to do it because that's all I care about. So you know, it, this is an issue that it just can be so ugly in the church, and it's really sad because it's it should be the most beautiful thing. But I, and I think it's important what you just talked about because that that comes from a heart of someone that's saying it's not about me it's about that person that doesn't know christ yet that i'm not going to be a hindrance in the last church we pastored sandy and i we had a gentleman named paul booth this this was a senior saint 85 years old wanted to be disciple i mean this this man is a an encourager a prayer warrior we just love paul we just we miss paul i mean he's still in apache junction he's still being discipled and we just give a big shout out to hi paul uh, but, you know, Paul always told me, Pastor, don't ever let me be a hindrance. I can remember one time our, our previous uh, general superintendent, Dr. Joanne Lyon, she said about the music, she was, look, I may not like today's music and all of it, but she said, you know what, bring it on because I don't want anything to hinder anybody that needs to come to Christ because of music. And as Sandy said, and of course, as I'm going through my studies, I, I'm amazed that the churches survived church splits over music. And it is sad because I remind people every Sunday, when you come to church, it is about worshiping God. It is about bringing praise to Him. It's not about a beat. It's not about a style. It is It is completely about having a heart for Christ coming in and worshiping Him. And, and as we're talking about, you know, do I need to come to church? Do I have to? And people tell me, I don't need to go to church. So again, how, how do you bless somebody? How do you How do you allow people to bless you in a church and then, and then I look at, okay, so if you're not there, how do we pray for your needs? And how do you function outside of a corporate worship or the church? The body of Christ has many parts. And if you're not there, you're not there. I mean, it's just as simple as that. And I, and I remind people that the church is, it is the hub. It's not the final destination. So people have this idea that I'm going to go to church. It's, I'm going to stay. I'm not going to change. I want my music. Basically, churches die because people just never want to change. I'm just going to remind you, it is the hub. It is not the final destination. I don't know about you, but I don't know how many people ever made, if you've made any uh, vacation plans at the airport and decide, I'm going to go to, you know, I'm going to go to San Diego port and I'm going to spend the summer there. Of course not. Nobody does that because it's a hub. The fi- it's not the final destination. The church is a place where, like like Sandy shared, I believe it is a spiritual fitness center. Let's get healthy, use our spiritual formation practices and disciplines to go out and share the gospel. We have the great commission to go out and make disciples. In 1 John 1, 7, it says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. I'm just going to say that, that little part of that scripture says, we have fellowship with each other. You know, worship isn't something that we mainly do at church on Sundays, as Sandy said. I could worship God sitting in the car, riding on my bike, walking on our prayer trail. I mean, I could sit on the front porch and be worshiping with him. But you know what? There's something special about being in corporate worship with each other, being part of the body of Christ and growing. Iron sharpens iron. What would you tell people, again, that maybe they're, they're brand new and um, they're just not sure, and, and how would they go about accepting Christ, and what does this relationship look like to you that you would share with them to say, you know what, this works for me? Well, I can only come from my own testimony in that 
the greatest thing that I ever did was accept Jesus Christ into my life. You know, and I mean, I've certainly, you know, lived in the world also and, and gone my own way here and there. Nothing has ever, ever brought me the peace and the joy, nothing th that he brings me. So I would say that if you're just thinking about God and, and just wondering uh, what that could add to your life, I would say that there is no limit to what God will do in your life. It's Amen. an exciting ride. Yeah. I mean, I'd say get ready because yeah. God, you know, there's nothing in this world, nothing that can give you what he gives you. I just read the, the basic needs that we all have down deep and he meets every one of those at that the deep level in our soul. He gets us. You know, a lot of people are looking for someone to love them. I just, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm looking for someone who will just really love me. Well, he is the only one that will really love you completely. He sees you, he gets you, and he wants to be your God and be your father and, and take care of you. You know, when we look to people for those things, we're always going to be let down. He will never let you down. Uh, he has never let me down. Over 40 years, he's been with me, and there's not one time he I have let him down, but he has never, ever let me down. And once we give our life to him, nothing can separate us from him. We have that confidence. In this world, you know, he says that we're gonna. he's going to give us joy. Uh, we have a better life even here, but let's even think about after that, eternity. Eternity with him in heaven. I mean, salvation, grace, mercy, there's there's just no end to what he gives us and takes care of us and and mainly you know what he's compassionate towards us he has a heart of compassion um, so I would say if you're thinking about it you know start talking to him ask him to show you uh, who he is and I guarantee you he will and it'll be the ride of your life you will you'll never regret there's a lot of things we regret and you will never regret letting him in he says I stand at the door and knock if any man opens the door and lets me in, I will come in and sup with him. And the word sup doesn't mean just eat. It means live with him. So he is always waiting at the door of your heart to come in. All you have to do is let him in and accept him. Um, and he said, you know, you'll see. I mean, you, you will, what do you have to lose? I mean, you know, you, can, you will see how good and how great God is. Um, so I would say don't hesitate. Uh, and, and if you're not sure how to do it, at the end of this show, I, I will lead or Pastor Bob will lead. Uh, in the prayer, uh, um, salvation prayer of how to accept him into your heart. Sandy and I pastored out in Apache Junction, Thrive Christian Community Church. We saw what God did through so many lives. We saw what God did through Georgiana and Pauline and Dottie and Reggie and Christine and so many others and Mike uh, who became an actual assistant pastor. We saw what God did. What every one of these people have in common is their passion and their love for a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm talking real. They, they came with servants' hearts. We saw a church go from nine to a hundred. And we always remind us sometimes when we have those days, we're like, okay, God, what's going on? And then Sandy will say, remember Reggie, remember Will, remember Dottie, remember Georgiana. You know, we go through all these names, these most incredible saints that we've had the privilege to pastor with and, and, and really walk this walk with Christ. So as we were sharing today, just wanted to make sure that, you know, we're not going to have all the answers for real purpose. But you know what? I am excited about what God is doing uh, in the church here at New Rock. We got a great family here. We got people who just uh, are sold out also. And this is about you. This is about you, the listener, that may be having doubts, wondering, you know, why should I turn my life over to Christ? How do I get connected? Because the ser series really goes back to get connected, stay connected. 
So uh, as we wrap this up, I want to uh, thank my wife, Sandy, for sharing in today's uh, uh, podcast. And, and hopefully she's, she's always got something. She's always spot on. I'm always proud of her. And uh, I'm excited about her commissioning in, in the Wesleyan Church. I am so extremely blessed. And uh, so, Sandy, do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with our listeners today? No, I just appreciate being here. And anytime I get to talk about my Jesus, uh, I'm excited um, because he truly is everything to me and he gives me joy every second of the day. And so I just appreciate being here. Thanks, Pastor Bob. What would you say the number one reason that you suspect people have issues, the hurts and hangups and habits? What have you learned through your experience that you see people that issue or addiction or hang up or hurt? None of us get through this world without, you know, injured. I mean, our, as children, we're raised in dysfunction and yeah. brokenness. In our lives, the places where there's wounds and brokenness and walls try to meet our own needs. We do that by reaching out to things to numb us or fill, fill that hole any way that we can or, or find these five things that I talked about, significance, security, find them in um, any way that we can. Um, and so what happens is a habit becomes... Uh, you know, a behavior becomes a habit, becomes a lifestyle, and um, pretty soon, you, you know, you, you, you've turned to it for help, and now you can't turn from it, and it's destroying your life. Um, and so people get stuck in these, these places, and they can't get out. And so I believe, you know, 12-step and any kind of AA recovery groups can help a person be able to walk out of those things and, and see other people that have walked out and find hope in that. But the main thing is that when Christ comes into your life, he starts to meet those needs. And as you walk with him longer and longer, you, be, you mature more and more to the point where you just, you have no desire to meet your own needs because they're all met. You know, you're not searching for things. You, you are satisfied. And so I would say that the real way to walk out of addiction is to find Christ and let him start meeting those deep needs and heal. You know, God says that he will give us back everything that we've lost everything the enemy has taken from us. Uh, my own childhood was very abusive and all kinds of different abuses. And so, but I can honestly tell you at the, right now that God has healed all that and given me back tenfold um, what I lost. So that's his promise to us is that yes, this world is broken and, and things happen, but if we will turn to him and, and, and truly give it to him, he will fix it. He will heal it. He will restore our life and do amazing things. He will take those broken places and then turn them into a testimony to help other people out. I, I you know, 12 Step to me is one of the most powerful ministries, and um, I hope to uh, be leading another one at some point here. But God is the one that does the work uh, as we as we walk through that process. And I did not grow up in the church, although I went to church for a very small portion of my life. I never developed a, 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 a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but when I did, 43, when I was 43 years old, it's been an amazing adventure. I'm never looking back, and God has a plan for your life. So if you're listening in and you want to accept uh, Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now, I'm just going to read this slowly. Just repeat after me, and then you can email, you can call us here uh, to let us know that you accepted Christ, and then uh, I'm going to have Pastor Sandy uh, close out in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I come to you now and ask you to take control of my life. I give it to you. From this day forward, help me to live every day for you. Help me to live for you the rest of my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, email me. We'd love to get a, get a hold of you. 
And uh, so we're going to wrap it up. I just want you to remember uh, as we wrap it up in the prayer that just how much Jesus loves you. He's always on time. And he will never, ever, ever let you down. As Pastor Bruce Smith told me when I first met him, I wasn't even a believer yet. God will never let you down, Bob. So Sandy, would you close us out? Sure. Um, so Lord, we just, I, I just want to thank you for this time that we get to um, speak your name. It's a, it's a privilege um, to speak your name because you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are the lover of our soul. I pray that anybody that's listening right now that, that really needs to feel your touch, God, that the Holy Spirit would be there and, and show them how real he is, Lord. I just pray for uh, this church and um, all ministries out here that are trying to reach people, that you, that you would help us, Lord, protect us from the enemy, bless us, Lord, so that we can bless others. I just thank you, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to share you, Lord, and that anybody listening would be able to see, give them eyes to see, Lord, who you are and accept you because that's the greatest thing that could ever happen in their life and we pray protection over everyone lord that's listening to this and over us and we love you lord with all our hearts in the most precious and glorious and holy name lord amen hey thanks for tuning in and listening in to real purpose and never forget just how much jesus loves you god has a real purpose for each of us here in this life it begins first with an intentional desire to have a relationship with jesus christ who wants you to connect with him we appreciate you listening today and pray that you will join us next week for Real Purpose with Pastor Bob Lenz.